Blog Talk Radio. Some of you out there might be feeling a little bit of a, you know, deja vu. What? Yeah. Well, that's because this show has happened before <laughs> for a couple minutes. But we're back. We're bad. And we have uh, Brett Butler. Yay, Brett Butler. Hey, hey, hey. Matt, how are you? Uh, you know what? I'm good and as always jealous of what you do. Oh, my, this guy, I mean, what he doesn't realize is one of these days we're going to meet in person and I'm going to club him, and I'm going to take his identity and take over his job. He doesn't. Don't tell him. You're not just going to do that. You're going to pull a leather face and rip my face off and put it on yours and go to work as me. Yay! I don't yeah. think I can do what you do. Not many people can. I mean, Brett, tell people what you can do. It's exciting. Matt, what I do at, at the Magic Kingdom is, is, is something that if you would have told me at eight years old I'm going to get to do this in the future, I would have said, well, I made it big. What I do is I take the robotics from my, my, my friends that create the robotics, uh, the substructures that move and are programmed, and then I put the foam and skin and hair. Those kind of things. I do. I, I've, I, I've created pirates. I create right now. I just finished a goat for pirates. I just finished Nana for the new rehab of, of Peter Pan, which is going to knock your socks off when you see it. Um, well, you know, it's it's every, the thing I love about the the job I have is that every day I come in. And I say, what do we got going? And it's something different every day. I don't sit in a cubicle, and I thank and, and I thank God for that. Um, I'm able to create, and I I love my job. I I have lots of magic moments. Well, you have a lot of magic moments, and there's a lot of people out there that want to hear about the not so magical moments that you get uh, when you're you know tooling around Disneyland at three o'clock in the morning by yourself. You know, the ghosties and the and the different things that, you know, that pop out and really say hi. I mean, there's some creepy you know, stuff. And, you know, you know it, it, when I start my morning out, I might, I might, I, I'll get on a bike or I have a bicycle or I have a scooter and I cruise through the park. Now, my version of the park is a little different than most. When people go to Disneyland, it's packed. When I'm in Disneyland, it's empty. And it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like... You're traveling to another dimension. As you ride your bike through the park, you're the only one there. There are no people. But the music is on, and the lights are on. I'll tell you, it's something special. There's people that spend thousands of dollars, um, you know, people like Michael Jackson and whatnot, to come in and do what I get to do on a daily basis. I can't even stress enough how fun it is. So, you know, I mean, I don't mean to, to boast, but I do love my position. Oh, that said, you know I'm, 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 I have a billboard up of what I do. I do this and you don't, you know, suck it. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. You can come and visit me and I will uh, 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 try to get you in and, and show you around a little bit and show you some inside stuff. I know a lot of... Uh, from being there for 15 years and being the fan of the park, because I grew up in Las Vegas. I was born in 63, and my family loaded us up in the station wagon, and off we went through the desert on a starry night to come to Southern California, which was fantastic because it wasn't just Disneyland. It was not. It was the beach. Yeah. It was all the yeah. things that Southern California was at that time. Did we wear seat belts in the station wagon? Hell No. My mom no, was doing like 80, I mean, by 15. You know, six years old. I mean, that's what we did. 
That's that's the way we traveled. The only thing I was concerned about is do we have board games and do I have smelly socks to put in my sister's face on the way? Other than that, if she crossed to your side of the of the seat, right? Well, uh, we had a station wagon, a, a a pea green Grand Torino. You know, everybody fought for the very back. I don't know why that was when we were kids. Like I had at the back. Pretty soon I realized, like, I grew up in Vegas. It's 120 out. The interior of our Grand Torino is is black metal. You know what? I'd call the back just so my sister would grab it. <laughs> well, you know, that's where I grew up, too. You and I both. You know, we both grew up in Vegas. You know, we have stories. You know, Brett and I have talked before, and we have a lot in common, believe it or not. I mean, you know, we're both handsome and, uh, you know, intel- intelligent individuals. I mean, that's what's going on here. And we have a mutual friend. The cartoon you did, and he has the balls for a chin. Come on, Mac. Uh, Look at the cartoon. You know, Peter Griffin. I, I mean, he doesn't have as much, you know. You know he, he, I've been trying to do my uh, family guy interpretation of you. You could have looked like Quagmire, you know. You count yourself lucky. But uh, we have a mutual friend uh, who is the Vegas vampire. And I blame you him for how Brett and I turned out. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny, Mac, because cause we're friends now. But we actually, yeah. this is interesting maybe for listeners, is we, we grew up in the same town and didn't know each other, but we, we, have a, yeah. we have a common connection, and that is a weekly show that came on every Friday and Saturday night at 1130 at night after Love American yeah. Style. Love, love, yeah. love. And right after that was Shock Theater, and our lo- and every town had their own horror show host. You know, Spengoolie was there. You know, it just depended where you lived. In Vegas, who did we have, Mac? We had the Vegas Vampire Babies. Good evening, my fiends. And Jim talked like this. We have a we have a special letter from Mac McEwen. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's good, Brett. You guys don't know Thank it, but he's doing a spot-on imitation of the Vegas Vampire. Now, you're going to be able to hear for yourself in a, in a show coming up, you know, in a month or two, uh, or not a month, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, with the Vegas Vampire himself. We're going to have him on the show. Brett and I are going to interview him and, and talk to him. Actually, Brett has actually been on the show with the Vegas Vampire back in the day. Uh, tell us a little bit about that before we get into Disneyland. Okay. Basically, in a nutshell, you know, I was I, 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 this was around 1970, 71. Um, you and I and other kids in town watched the Vegas Vampire show Shock Theater religiously every weekend because that was the show that turned us on to the classic horror films that we never had seen before. Oh, you betcha. And so one, one, one night uh, uh, during the advertisements, um, the Vegas Vampire came on and said, should I say it like Jim? Yeah, of course. All right, I'll do it like Jim. This weekend at the Huntridge Theater, my fiends, we're showing Christopher Lee in the Curse of Dracula. <laughs> come in your favorite costume. First prize gets to come on my show, Shock Theater. <laughs> well, I went oh nuts. God. I told my mom, I said, oh, my God. I was there. Do you remember that? I remember that. I was Were you there. at the Huntridge today? I, at the Huntridge. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you, Brad. I was there. You just brought it you home. Remember, you oh, remember there, about two, there were two winners, and I was one. Uh, one was a Phantom of the Opera kid that was like 13, which at eight years old is like an adult. You know, I'm looking yeah. at this kid, and I'm going, how the hell did you do your makeup? What I did is I had my mom um, make me a cape along the lines of what VV had. We called the Vegas vampire VV. Yeah. And then I had my mom do my makeup and help me with my makeup. I had a little had her help me with a little mustache. Basically, I was the original mini-me because I was an exact copy of VV, and I could imitate him. You still can. And I'm sure it's a lot deeper now. It's a little bit more truer of an imitation than what you did, you know, with your high-pitched pre, you know, uh, adolescent. It was eight. Uh, it was eight years old, but it was 
thrilled because, you know, driving down, once I had won the contest, and I did win, um, right. I was told in a week you're going to come out to Channel 5 and you're gonna, we're going to videotape a show with you. Well, at eight years old, to go down Boulder Highway at night and head towards Henderson, Nevada, towards Channel 5. And when we got there, I couldn't believe it. I was with my dad. We got out of the car and I walked inside and there, were, there was the man. And so it was really yeah. a thrill at eight years old to be able to go and do that. And so that's why I want listeners to listen in next month, Matt, because uh-huh. we actually have Jim Parker with us. The Vegas Vampire is one of the last living horror show hosts in the world. There's not many a classic character. horror show hosts left. Yeah, oh, he's, he's great. And he is a super, super good guy. I mean, he is There's definitely... Yeah, there's no better. I mean, I, I know Jim personally. I will talk to you next month about how we hooked up again after 40 years. Yeah. Uh, and it was, was really something. And so I'm really looking forward, and I want your listeners to understand that that will be broadcast live from Las Vegas. Yes, it will, in, in Vegas vampire territory. Now, getting back to Disneyland, because – we're gonna. I don't want to, you know, spoil any of the surprises and stuff we're gonna have at the Vegas Vamp because, oh my goodness, Zach, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, Vegas you know, Vamp. he, he's, he, he helped me grow up. You know, you guys don't Same. understand when you, when you're talking about, a, you know, a pre-adolescent, you know, that moved all the time and didn't have a lot of friends. This is what I got by on. This is what helped me survive was the Vegas Vampire. I mean, I remember watching his. Him putting out the uh, um, the Night of the Living Dead, okay, when he, when he had that one. I remember that. I remember looking outside my uh, windows to make sure that the, the zombies, the first thing I ever knew about zombies, that they weren't coming to eat me in my room. I mean, I love that shit. And it's, I can say that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just the one, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you I'm know, VV turned me on to Night of the Living Dead, too, Mac, and, and he turned me on to so many other great ones, and we'll go over yeah. all that next month for sure. You betcha. But now let's talk about you having the best job in the world. You work at Disneyland. You work behind the scenes. This is a man that you guys go in, and you go to Disneyland, you wait in line, you go through the Haunted Mansion, you're sitting there, you put your arms and and legs inside the vehicle. And why do you want to do that? Well, you know, when you're talking about a a place like Disneyland – Let's let's make no mistake. It is one of the most entertaining, fun places in the world. The people that love Disneyland and and have grown up there enjoy it. And Disney delivers a brand of entertainment that no one else can in the world. And I'm not just kissing my employers, but I really feel that way. I felt that way long before I ever worked for them. But what I want to tell you is that when you're dealing in a place that that that, that you're talking about whirling whirling machines, you're talking about um, Attractions that are mechanically designed, when the, when, when the host says, you know, please keep your hands and arms inside the tram at all times, they mean it. Or inside the car at all times, they mean it. You could lose a finger or worse, your life. And there are people that have actually lost their lives at the park. Although the rumor is, is that no one technically dies on Disney property. Is is and I don't know the truth of that. It's something I looked at online and I'd heard before. Is that the 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 actual call is made off property. However, that said, we all know that there have been some incidences in the park, and uh, uh, and, and it's not to tarnish Disney's reputation and their brand of entertainment because it's top notch. But anytime you have a situation where you've got machinery and, and engineering mechanics whirling and, and in effect, um, you've got the potential for human error. And when that happens, then you have a couple of handfuls of incidences that are on the Internet. You know, I don't need to sit and go. I could talk about each one. I'm not going to go into detail about it. Um, there, were, there are deaths here and there in the park, period. Well, now, I understand that you had one cast member that uh, the only cast member that ever died in Disneyland was uh, back in the 70s. Um, was it the 70s? Yeah, 1974, where they had the uh, nine days after the American Sings attraction opened. Uh, this girl moved too close to one of the walls of her stage and uh, ended up being crushed. 
Yeah, that's correct. That happened on July 8th. Her name was Deborah Stone. She was a cast yeah. member that was uh, the you, everybody's written America Sings or before that it was the Carousel of Progress, which was one of my favorite attractions in the park. Um, and uh, if you remember the way that or you know the way that the room rotated during America Sings, it was yeah. later re- remodeled for uh, uh for, for for the later attraction that it became. But when it was America Sings, there was two walls that, that, that would come in close proximity to each other, and she got in the way. Um, she she was killed, and uh, uh, so that's, that's one. I mean, you know, there's a handful of them. Usually I can tell you, Mac, that it's not, it's not uh, anything other than Cat, uh, guests that that get out of line or get out of an attraction or unbuckle yeah. a seatbelt. It's very rarely yeah. a cast member. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's that's good to hear. I mean, it happens, this is you know. I've heard of a cast member dying. Is that? But now um, there are, and, and a lot of people may know this or may not know this. There's a lot of uh, um, people that go on the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a lot of people that go on the Haunted Mansion. And they take along an extra person that they didn't pay for. You know, they didn't pay for it today. They've got it in their hip pocket or their flask or whatever. And they're dumping Grandpa in uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean because he once wrote on and said, yeah, I wouldn't mind hanging out here. And so for eternity, they want his ass to hang out there. Can I say ass? Or they might anyway. think along the lines of, you know, Grandpa really loved Disneyland. And I can't yeah. think of a better place for him to spend all eternity. You know, it happens. In Pirates, it's one thing, because um, when the flume is drained after years, we may find some evidence that something was dumped in there in the form of a tooth or a bone fragment. Um, the, the mansion yeah. is different. It's like, come on, have some class, you guys. I mean, people free doom buggies back or breathe in your grandpa. You know, it's like, come on. Don't do that. Don't do That's that. That's grandpa got in years, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you, your part, grandpa's DNA is permanently part of you now, thanks to you know dumbass. So yeah, it happens, you know. <laughs> you know it happens. It happens. You know, people talk about anytime you're dealing with with situations where there's been something violent that's happened. There's sometimes residue, as you know, um, as a paranormal investigator, that um, uh, you know time overlaps itself, and I don't know if it's time playing out itself again, and you're happening to witness this, or if it's something that's reaching through to you from another dimension or plane. <laughs> that's funny. You know who I sound like while I do that? <laughs> Rod Steiger, yeah, uh, Sterling. Rod, Rod Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. No, but. but <laughs> What <laughs> but what I'm saying is, 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 is these things can happen. So I don't know if, if some of the things I've heard from other cast members are in relation to people who have passed on the property or if they're in relation to things that might have happened in that time and space long before Disneyland was there. I mean, let's face it, the yeah. neighborhood you live in, the house you live in, it's relatively new. It's only been there yeah. a, a short time and prior to that guess what was in that spot weeds and trees for all eternity no one knows what's happened in the spot your home is or where disneyland was at i can tell you that before disneyland was put in it was an orange grove before that it was a walnut grove yeah walnut walnuts they had a walnut blight in the turn of the century and people planted oranges instead so I don't know what happened in the area or the property or time and space that Disneyland is at, but I can tell you that I've talked to cast members who've had some interesting experiences or, or got the creeps or got a, the chills or got the vibe, whatever you want to call it. And it happens at times and it happens at different places in the park. Well, tell us what, one of the things that have scared you the most. I mean, you've actually walked through some of our favorite attractions late at night when nothing, nobody else is around. So have you ever had one of those oh-my-God moments? You know, I can tell you personally, I'm putting some dramatic music in here. Can you hear that, Matt? All right. I can tell you personally. um, Other than being on Pirates at like 3 in the morning and working on a pirate while you're around all these figures that aren't moving... It's a, it, at first, it was a creepy feeling. As time goes by, I've been there 15 years, um, you feel it less and less. 
Here's what's interesting, though, is whenever the air kicks in on something and it moves, you, you jerk and look over because you just saw something move. You know, um, it would be like the same if you were in a, a, a wax museum, you know, and you're not used to it and all these figures are around you. It can be a little discerning, but after time that goes away. That said, I've talked to a lot of people that have had instances in Pirates where they've had one of the things in Pirates that people have repeatedly said over the years is that whenever you're going to feel or have something, you feel something or you know something's going on, a lot of times it's accompanied with the smell of pipe tobacco. Really? Yeah. And people have said that they've seen the shadow of a man in a fedora, and a lot of people mistakenly think it's Walt Disney. I don't know what it is or if it's even if these are things that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna corroborate, and I'm also not gonna deny. I'm telling you things that other cast members have talked to me about over the years. And And one of them is is in pilots. That's what happens at times: is that you feel that presence. Uh, You know, there's places in the park where there's been accidents, and I talked to a friend of mine recently um, who has worked on Matterhorn quite a bit in in the drop area where there was a mother that was killed in 82, and it's the bridge in the middle of the Matterhorn. If you're in the middle of the Matterhorn and you go across like a wooden-type bridge, that's the spot, And, uh, and he's told me before he feels very uneasy in that spot fixing anything, and it could just be because he knows what happened there. You know, when they found that poor girl, they said it looked like the witch's feet from the Wizard of Oz under the house. She had she she had unbuckled her seatbelt. It was again, it's a case of 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 guest error because you, when they yeah. tell you don't unbuckle your seatbelt, it's for a reason. Yeah. And she got ejected out, and the car behind her hit her, and it oh, killed her. It killed. Sad to hear that, but let me ask you this, Brent: on 15 years. Have you ever played basketball at the top of the Matterhorn? <laughs> okay, you ready? Everyone knows, and a lot of this is general information. Yes, there is, in fact, a basketball court. It's not a full court. It's just, but it is a hoop. What's really amazing about the basketball up in the Matterhorn, the basketball area, is that the, the wood and the walls are signed by some of the top people in the, in, in the sport who have got to go up there and play and shoot some hoops. And then they sign their name on the wall. I love that. One of my but, best friends so, is basketball. Well, there you go. There's a, there's there's something for him. If you if you come to the park, let me see what I can do. <laughs> like I've got any connections? I'm going to talk to Walt and see what I can do for you, Mac. Well, you know what? If you can talk to Walt, I really would like to film that. You know, I mean that. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. Now, talk- John, you had a question for Brett. Well, what I was going to ask him is he says that he starts his day, <laughs> and he's starting when uh, everyone else has gone home. So what time exactly do you start? I, you know, I don't do the graveyard shift. What I do, I come in at 5 a.m., um, and it gives me a few hours before the park opens to get out to an attraction and make a, make a fix or do whatever it is I got to do. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll take my uh, work back to my bench, which is backstage. And then I sit at my bench, and, and sometimes I'll work on a figure that might take a week to fur. I might put fur on a goat, and that will keep me from going out in the field. But I do try to get out in the field at least every few weeks and, and look around and find things that need to be fixed, repaired, or should just be reported. Well, I love the opportunity to walk through the uh, Haunted Mansion ride when it wasn't working. I mean, that is... Um, well, that is something that oh, if you could ever do that, I would definitely love to do that. The mansion's great, you know, and I've gone down the endless hallway. Um, if there's a way that we can um, post some photos, I will give you some photos that you can post for your listeners. I've got pictures of me back with the candelabra in the endless hallway. Um, I've got oh, two I'm, friends um, that have worked in the mansion for 20 years down in the bottom of the mansion, and and, it, and they have told me, they said, Brett, in 20 years – We've never had a weird deal. So that wow. just goes to show it's, it's, it's not, you know, constantly a paranormal hotspot at Disneyland. Disneyland, you know, I've talked to people, then I can tell you a couple of stories. But other than that, I can tell you in 15 years, 
I've never had an instance where I've felt anything or my hair has risen up on my arms and I felt a cold spot where I've gone, you know what, there's a spirit here or there's something weird going on here. Never had it happen. Wow. Sorry. I mean, I know your that- listeners are now going like Pac-Man. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> well, you know, not, you know and, it is. I mean, what we don't do is we've never lied to our listeners. Never. I'm not going to lie to you, but at the same time, I talked to a good friend of mine today, uh, my my buddy Paul, uh, who's in robotics, told me, so you need to go talk to Ed over at Roger Rabbit. So I headed over and I talked to Ed, and Ed Ed's a cool dude, I know Ed, and he said, you know, what's going on? I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to get together with a friend tonight, and we're going to do a, bod- a podcast, and I want to know, um, Paul said you had an instance here. He said, Brett, here's what happened. It's something spilled. I came in here. It, 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 there's a, like a service area in the back of Roger Rabbit that's, that, that, that's like a workroom, and the lights were out. He came in just to get a, a rag or a towel to clean up a mess, and someone grabbed his arm and pulled him. He felt wow. it. Wow. And he she said, I wasn't really scared till I turned the lights on and realized there's no one in here. And that's when it hit me and I went, holy crap, you know, what the hell was that? Then I, so I, so then I, he introduced me to another guy there, Tony, who, who told me, he just said, look, we hear stuff in this attraction all the time. We hear um, a little pitter patter of feet running around. You know, and the first thing I thought was Brandon Zucker. He, he, he was the kid that passed away. He got, he got pinned underneath one of the cars. It, the poor kid, it happened when he was 80, he didn't die till he was 13, and he suffered during that time uh, in, a, in, a, in a facility that cared for him. And so a lot of the rumors are, you know, it could be him. He didn't pass away on that attraction. So I don't know what it is. I do know that there's wooden floors in there, and if anyone comes in to check the attraction, you're going to hear people walking around in there. So you've got to take things with a grain of salt. Yeah, but perhaps the arm, though. Pardon me? You know, grabbing the arm, that, that's not a wooden, uh, you know, floor. No, Ed, Ed swears by this, and then the other guys swear by it, too, that work there. They said, there's yeah. something weird here. We can't explain it. We don't know what it is, but we've encountered it time and time again. So if you ride Roger Rabbit, understand that this is this is an area where I've talked to cast members, but it's an area of an interest, you know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to, like I say, I'm not going to confirm it or deny it. I'm just passing along to you what I've heard. Uh, uh, Sean's asking a question. Um, go ahead, so, Sean. Uh, once again, same thing as Mac has probably read. There's things all over the Internet about Walt uh, or Disneyland. Um, I heard, and I didn't know if this is true or not, sort of the whole thing with the Matterhorn, that Walt Disney had an apartment above or near the Haunted Mansion. No, it's correct? Main, so Street, that Main Street. Well, I can clarify that for you. Walt Disney, his, his personal apartment is over the fire station on Main Street. So next time you go to Disneyland, look where the fire truck is parked and look directly above it. You'll see a group of windows. That's Walt's apartment. And I've been up and there, and it's really cool. When they started building New Orleans Square and Pirates of the Caribbean, Walt was extremely sick, and he didn't live to see the completion of that. However, over, over the attraction itself – an apartment was built for Walt and Roy. And if you look up at the at the wooden at the metal banister that's that's on the balcony, you will see R D and and, and W D. No in kidding. the banister. Now have you been in that room? Have you been in that room? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, a lot of people have because they turned it into the Disney Gallery. Really? And so if you went up above Pirates of the Caribbean and went into the Disney Gallery when it was there, now it's an exclusive suite. Uh-huh. But at the time it was the Disney Gallery, then you've been in Walt and Roy's apartment, and that was designed and, and built for them. I, I, heard, I just heard that he had an apartment somewhere on the premises, and uh, something I read said something near or around the Haunted Mansion – so thank you for clarifying that. I'm, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm the it, 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 across New Orleans Square from the Haunted Mansion. All right. Well, I knew about the one over the fire station, that he had one there. I didn't know yeah, that. I, I, that one I knew about. They keep a light on there. 
Uh, it's constant, yeah. I guess. In his main apartment, but the one over Pirates was the one that was designed and built for them f- for later use that they never got to use. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was ever. I think it was, it was just shuttered for the longest time, and then they finally opened it up as the Disney Gallery, which was great because it gave people a chance to actually go out and stand on the balcony and look down. Yeah. You know. Now you have a lot of clips that you. Uh, You've got a clip that uh, we're going to try to do this. If we can't do it, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and do another show uh, because Brett's going to be on again. We, we, there's so many things we want to ask him. It may be one or two shows more that we're going to have to do to fill it all up. But now uh, Brent has um, some clips that no one's heard before. No one's heard these. Uh, he has clips of Vincent Price. Uh, are you? Uh, uh, can I talk about this one, Brett? Sure, you can bring it up. Um, it's it's a rare clip. Uh, before we go into that, though, can I say one more thing about the paranormal in the park? Of course. The one other thing I wanted to bring up is we haven't had instances inside. You can hear my dogs. We've had instances inside New Orleans Square. And, and one of the things that I consistently hear from custodial and from other people whenever they have a, uh, uh, an encounter, quote-unquote, is that it, it, it's always the same description. And that's what I find interesting is that s- several people come back and say it was a little boy in a red hoodie. And what they see is they see at 3 in the morning as they look down the corridors that, New, that are New Orleans Square, and they'll see a young boy looking at them and then turn and walk away. And as they turn the corner to find out why there's kids in the park after hours, there's no one there. It's happened wow. backstage as well. I've talked to cast, a cast member recently who watched a, 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 a horticulture truck drive away with some palms in the back and a boy sitting on the tailgate. <laughs> with a red hoodie. hoodie. Yes. Oh, my God. What so about I don't know what the significance is. Again, Mac, I don't know what's happened on this property prior to Disneyland. Disneyland's only been there since 1955. Geologically, that's a very short time. Yeah. Now, what about this? There's been a video that's been circulating online of an entity or some kind of thing from uh, security footage that shows a a ghostly presence walking out of the Haunted Hunters. Uh, Not the Haunted Hunters. I've seen uh, The Haunted Mansion, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the Haunted House was at the carnival we were at when we were kids. This is the mansion. Yeah. All right. We're on the same track. I'm messing with you, Mac. Um, You know, I've seen that footage, and and I don't know. It's a very it's a very faded kind of an image that you can see of a human form walking out of the gate and down. This is what I'm talking about. New Orleans Square. Sometimes, man, I've talked to people say it's a hot spot. You know, and I don't know what happened there. I don't know why that would be a consistent thing that people keep describing this, this. But that's just what I've heard. So, moving Let on, <laughs> throw that in there so your listeners understand that it's not completely benign. We do have our interesting places and things that have happened in the park. But I'm not. Again, I'm not in a position to say, yeah, this is for real or not. I haven't seen it personally, but I have seen the clip you're talking about, Mac. That's pretty creepy, but in this thing is, they can, you know, they have men flying on video. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, I do paranormal investigation. I've been doing it for many, many, many long years. I've yet to have a ghost come up and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, what's happening? Uh, so, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a, yeah, I'm a little bit of a, uh, a skeptic. But now let me ask you this. When we come down there, Brett, and we come down there and go through Disneyland, are you going to be able to get us in, in the haunted? And, and you can deny this. Well, deny it now, but tell me the truth later. Can you get us into the haunted mansion after hours? Uh, uh, no. Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. No, but we will. But 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 later on, when we're off the air, we'll talk. Does that make sense? <laughs> did I, did I I, I'm not going to say that I can do that. that. That's a very difficult thing to do. But uh, you know me, man. I mean, uh, hey, I'll work with you, kid. Well, you're the man. I'll tell you. Um, and it's like, um, I think that you have got, like I've told you, 
the best job in the world. I truly do. I mean, at one time, and I was going to tell you this when we were talking on the phone, I forgot. At one time, I worked at this job where I got paid for six months to read Mad Magazine. Oh, that's I thought awesome. That was the best job in the world. <laughs> I, I can't read enough Don Martin cartoons, you know? Oh, Don Martin. Oh, I'm a big Mort Drucker fan, obviously. I mean, cool. that's my character style is Mort Drucker, even without yeah. the uh, of the ball chins. <laughs> I know you're fond of those. I, you know what? Only on you, my friend. Only on you. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, any other stories about uh, working there that you want to share with our listeners out there? Because they're all ears. Or we can start taking phone calls. Or we can start listening to clips. Whatever you want to do, we're easy here. It's up to you. I, I got a couple of cool little things that I could tell you about that if you want to know about them. Otherwise, we could move right into some audio clips. And or we could take calls. I mean, it's your show, Mac. Let's hear what you have to say. Tell well, us your little stories. I'll tell you a couple of cool little things. Because I'm a real big fan of extinct attractions, things that used to exist in the park that are gone. And so if you walk... You small and see the giant eye. I love that one. Yeah, don't you miss Adventure 3 Inner Space? And that was our good friend Paul Freeze. You know who Paul Freeze was. the best one. Yeah, Paul Freeze was a... It's now like just a gift store? or No, it's it's actually Star Tours. Oh, is it? Well, I like Star Tours. It was worth picking up. No, 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 no. It really was. This is the one that the Adventures of Inner Space was better than Star Tours. My personal well, opinion. I agree. Okay. I agree. Because what yeah. it did is it took you and, and shrunk you into the world of the molecule. And you got to yeah. learn about the molecules. Plus, it was a dark yeah. ride, and you got to make out the chick. It was the yeah. make-out ride. Yeah. That was the yeah, ride you took your girlfriend. That one, man. I, I only made out with myself, but that's another story. Um, hey, I, I, I would do the same thing if I could ride it again. I'd just be beside myself. I've actually got something really cool. It's a virtual ride-through that somebody's put together. And on another show, we could do a whole show on Adventure Through Inner Space, Mac. You know what? I was going to bring that up because I have actually seen that. And that is amazeballs. I mean, yeah, they use this voice and they use real props from the ride to recreate exactly what it was like to ride the ride. Yeah, and you know what, Sean, you would love it. It was one of the best rides Disneyland ever had, and I was very, very sad to see it go. But now you said there was a bunch of different extinct uh, rides that you, you know, you wanted to talk about. So that was one, I'm sure. I'm going to bring up Mac because it, 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 behind Thunder Mountain we have an area called the Festival Area where they do the pumpkin carving and stuff like that. If you walk towards the Festival Area from Thunder Mountain. There's a place on the left called Miss Chris's Cabin. It's, a, it's, a, it's an old-style cabin. If you turn towards that cabin, now you're facing west. To the left of that cabin, you'll see a big rusted pile in, in the woods, right next to it. You can't miss it. That is a pile of donkey horseshoes. Back from a time when Disneyland actually had real mules that kids got on the back of and got to walk the mule trail. So if you know what you're looking at, when you look at Miss Chris's cabin, look to the left of it, you'll see a big pile, a big mound that's about eight feet high, and it's all rusted metal. Those are all old horseshoes, and some of them are still, you can see the form. It's kind of cool. And in that same area, there's there's the Big Thunder Barbecue. If you look behind where you order your barbecue, there's rock work that was part of America, that was part of um, Nature's uh, Wonderland. Mine Ride Through Nature's Wonderland, which was an original attraction from 1955. And all that rock work was torn out when Thunder Mountain was put in. However, like I say, there's still a strip of the original rock work that you can see. These are the kind of things that that I love at the park. I love to find cool stuff, you know, that, that guests don't normally get to see. I love the uh, uh, uh Tom uh, Sawyer Island. I love you know yeah. going through that as a kid. Well, you know, you know that that was a that was one of the cool things about Tom Sawyer's Island when we were kids growing up is that there was a you could only go so far, and once you got past the fort, there was a there was a padlock gate that said 
you can't go past this. And that was what every kid wanted to do. You know, it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me I can't? Well, now all I want to do is get there. So on grad night in 1982, two friends swam out to it. Yeah. And they got a boat to go out. The problem was is uh, they hit a rock and were ejected out of the boat. And uh, one could swim and one could not. Now, the kid that could swim put the kid that could not on his shoulders and tried to get him out of there, and he's the one that drowned. <laughs> the kid that couldn't swim was saved. Yeah. So well, we had a sad. death there. Yeah, that's sad. But they didn't call that on the uh, property. You know, I don't know. I've I've read this online that, that there is nothing called on property. I don't know exactly if that's true or not. I don't know if that particular case in 82 with these two kids, I don't know if that case was called on property or not. Uh, but I know that it did happen, you know. Well, like I mean, I'm sad, to hear, <laughs> I'm, I'm sad to hear about anyone passing away in Disneyland because I'll tell you, Disneyland for me, and, and you know what, it, 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 people just heard my wife say in the background, Christy, that's the happiest place on earth. But for me, it is. I love Disneyland. I mean, I took my kids there, you know, and, and I they wanted to go to Magic Mountain and ride those giant, you know, um, roller coaster thing. Me, I'm all about the Haunted Mansion. I'm all about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Hell, I'm all about the, uh, you know, the pan ride, you know, the wild, you know, uh, Toad's Wild Ride, the dark rides. I love dark rides. One of my yeah, favorite great. things I ever do is own my own dark ride. I love it. I would, I would dress up in the suit of armor and hang out in the, uh, in the, uh, the never-ending hallway, and scare that poop out of people. See, I said poop. I was good, wasn't I? That's my... You don't want to be in that UV light indefinitely, Mac. It'll tear you up, man. I mean, I'm going to get in the suit of armor once, think it's funny, and then that's it. I'll I'll hire a kid. But, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Our paint department ha- has a switch where they can, uh, like, I'll finish a figure, and if it's a blacklight figure, it goes into paint next door, and then they flip a switch, and everything in there is blacklight. Ah. And, and, and these guys are always messing around, and they go, hey, Brett, you want to see something cool? I said, yeah. They pulled out some, 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 some sunblock that was, like, maximum sunblock. And under a blacklight, guess what sunblock does? It's, it's ink black. And when you spread it on your skin... Your skin turns ink black. <laughs> turn, turn the light on and you don't even see it. Every show we have. There yeah. you go. I just wanted to throw that you out. Also have, you also have someone with you, Paul, um, who does My, robotics. She's the one. Yeah. Paul does, Paul does all the robots and whatnot. And so when I get a figure, it's usually after Paul has uh, worked on it. Paul, how you doing? Doing great, thank you. Cool, cool. So yeah, Paul does the robotics. So if you have any questions for uh, for Paul, feel free to ask. As a child, they released this book on the Pirates of the Caribbean that showed the animatronics like they had never shown before. I was infatuated. Is this the kind of thing you do still? Yes, it's definitely that type of excitement every time I uh, work on something new because every project is different. So it's we're basically going back to uh, a lot of the original designs and stuff that was uh, progressed from that, but uh, they're all very classical and beautiful pieces, even on the inside. Well, now, you also did um, the animatronics on Johnny Depp. I mean, did he have to come in and, and show mannerisms, or did you fit? You know, what? How did you do that? Because that's that's new for the pirates. Well, that was something that I did not work on. That was uh, done uh, somewhere else, and uh, I, I did not get exposed to that. But uh, the actual figure that he's based on is something that I am very familiar with, and we have many versions of it in uh, the pirates. So. Uh, but uh, like the actual head was a little bit more state of the art at the time when it came out. But uh, the bodies themselves, I'm very familiar with, and uh, they're uh, known as A1 or A100 figures. No, okay. So A100 or A100. I mean, what's the difference? So some are just mechanic, you know, like 
older, some are newer, they have more robotics. I mean, yeah. do they have the three rules of robotics where they don't harm us and, you know, that kind of thing? They do abide by those rules. Yes, they do. They have not harmed ah. anyone. So they, they do follow Isaac Asimov's, uh, uh, I guess, three rules. But, um, well, the A1 is uh, the classic original uh, design based on what was uh, the prototype, of that, which was called the universal figure. And it was uh, an assembly of castings that uh, could be duplicated many times to make different size pirates that you see. So it's the in the classical sense, the original design. Then it was a, a kind of an improvement to go to the A100 where they switched over to aluminum to make the uh, figure a little bit lighter and, and thus able to move a little bit faster. The uh, original A1 was uh, a little bit more solid. It was stainless steel castings. And it was actually very heavy. And uh, it, uh, I guess, tended to move just a little bit slower, but uh, the A100 kind of improved on that idea. It was a little bit more modernized version of that. So, Paul, was the very first animatronics Lincoln? Uh, human figure? I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's correct. I think it was Lincoln, and it was probably yeah. for... Uh, Oh, are you familiar with the uh, history of uh, Lincoln being the uh, first one? The Hall of President. Before Lincoln was the first. Okay. Yeah. Before that, it was Tiki. Yeah, the uh, history of animatronics goes from uh, the, the the birds from Tiki Room is, I guess, uh, an offshoot from uh, developing that technology for uh, um, the the bird that was in uh, Mary Poppins. Was it? Well. Bird wouldn't been Mary Poppins. Yeah, it was animatronic, but you got to understand is that Tiki Room was based on an ashtray. It was a gift that Walt was given with several mechanical birds on it. And when he got this gift, he thought, what can we do with this? How can we expand on this? And when they developed Tiki Room, it was originally meant to be a restaurant. And it's funny because you got birds over your food. You know, but they didn't do anything like real birds would do and contribute to your meal. Um, but it was just kind of a fun thought. After a while, they realized the restaurant idea is not going to work, and we need to turn this into a people eater. A people eater is a, is a term that was used early in the days at Disneyland for rides that brought people in in massive numbers and spit them out. Um, Carousel of Progress was a good example of that because you had a whole bleacher full of people that rotated around and a new bleacher full of people loaded on and then they unloaded and a new bleacher full of people loaded on and this theater kept rotating and going you know, all day long it was a people eater well I, re I remember the people mover that was something that they just finally ended People mover, yeah, it's sad to see that go, but when I say the term people eater, that's for an attraction that brings in a massive amount of people and spits them out throughout the day. That's an old term at Disneyland that old-timers have always used. Well, you're an old-timer. Well, no, but I know I'm only 15 years there, but I grew up there, and I know a lot of people that have been there 40, 45 years who have who've oh talked God. to me about it. and brought up terms like people eater. Like when I first heard that term, I asked, I go, well, you keep saying that. What does that mean? And then I was, yeah. it was explained to me that, that a people eater is a, is a term that was used for an attraction that, that, that loads them up and spits them out quick. Well, that's, all, that's most of the rides. But I got to tell you, I miss a lot of the ones. I miss it, the rocket ships, though, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 300 pounds. I'm not going to get on the rocket ship now. But, uh, you know, I still miss them. Uh, You're talking about the rockets that rotated around, the white ones, oh, the NASA yeah, ones? Yeah, you know, Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland, yeah. Yeah, those are gone. We moved it, we moved it to the front of Tomorrowland, and it's got kind of a patinaed look. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the, of the 1960s NASA Tomorrowland look. And when they changed yeah. it in the 90s to try to get, like, a patinaed look, like an H.G. Wells kind of look, eh, it just didn't work yeah. for me personally. Um, but but well, then I'm a, I'm a guy who likes the originals. I all, but I, I, I agree with you 100%. I do still like the Nemo-looking submarines. But have you, did you see the submarines they, they tested out in Disney World? They did 20,000 leagues under the sea in the submarines and, and retrofitted all the submarines into Nautiluses. It was breathtaking. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love that. My wife and I like the steampunk 
punk thing. But now, Sean, you wanted to say something? Uh, we were talking about kind of extinct rides. Um, unfortunately, I, I grew up um, in Huntington Beach, California. I was born 13 minutes from Disneyland at Kaiser there. Oh, you're doing art to the woods, Sean. It, uh, that's where I grew up. Uh, unfortunately, I live in cold Oregon now. But uh, last time I was down there, coincidentally enough, you keep saying that you've been with Disneyland for 15 years. Uh, the last time I was down there was April of 2000. So just about the same time you probably started working there. And I started, you, I, you were there three months before I started on. I started July of 2000. Okay, so we went in April of 2000. That was the last time I personally was down there. But we were talking about extinct rides, and I know this one wasn't there for very long, but I believe it was called Rocket Rods. Right. I don't know that and, and I thought that one I mean, rocket rods in a nutshell for you. Basically, we just put we Pardon me, Sean? Living in Southern California, I used to go all the time, and then we moved up here, and then when we went back, uh, I only got the opportunity to ride rocket rides or rocket rods once, and I thought it was a fun ride. I don't know whatever right. happened to it. Well, you and a lot of other people enjoyed it for a short time. It only lasted a year or maybe a little more than a year. The problem is when you you take a ramp that's built for the people mover, which was a slow-moving uh, attraction that you got in a car, and it was very slow-moving. And all of a sudden, you put these things on it that go 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. It was tearing up the track, and so they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't keep it online anymore. They had to take it down, and it's a shame because the, in my opinion, the people mover should go back in. Uh, it was a nice, shady, slow ride for you to go on and enjoy the park. Not everything has to be a high-speed roller coaster. You know what? For no, grandma, grandma, mom, dad, it's nice to sit in the shade and go slow once in a while. And the people move yeah. around, around, around through the stores as well, so that's good for, for business. Well, I know Disneyland, I love me my Disneyland. Now, you've been around and you've talked to a lot of your cast members, a lot of the people that work behind the scenes, maintenance and whatnot. Uh, is there one, is there any kind of story, because I know wherever you've worked, wherever I've worked, there's always a story about a specific ghost. Now, did we already talk about with the, the boy with the uh, red hoodie, or is there something yeah, else brought that up? You know, uh, uh, really, Mac, I, I, there's really nothing else. I mean, when you talk about, we talk about the accidents, which is common knowledge. Um, I would never want to paint a picture of Disneyland being anything other than the most fantastic place you could ever oh, visit. Because I feel strongly about not only the image that we try to create at Disneyland, but also the brand of entertainment that we package and deliver. you got to understand, people complain now and again about us raising prices and whatnot, and I understand that in this time and day and age. It's hard. People are struggling. But you also have to understand that I see the plant, the people that do horticulture every night when you're sleeping. I see the people that are painting every night when you're sleeping. Disneyland is a little different than Knott's, and I love Knott's, and we could do a whole show on Knott's as well. Um, and I love Magic Mountain, but Disneyland is a little bit different than that, and I think you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, of course I do. And let's talk about the fireworks they have every night. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars is that every night? I mean, I, I other mean, than is, Disney Corporation, the only person that purchases more firearms in the United States is the United States military. That's a fact. <laughs> I've read that actually. You know, yeah, I mean, if, if Disneyland did not exist. I think that everyone in the world would be that much sadder. I mean, it would be you know one less reason to actually get up each day. I agree. I and the property that Disneyland's on is a magical property. You know what it would be? It would be a slum. It would be a ghetto. It would be apartments. Thank God yeah. that Walt stepped in and purchased that property. You know, I appreciate Walt Disney because he was a cartoonist, mm -hmm. and he led the way in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I've talked to Brett about this before. I honestly feel that people that can create um, are, have been given a gift by God. And I think Walt Disney returned that gift to all of us. Boy, didn't he ever. Yeah. You know, to he this day, we're did. still getting our paychecks and whatnot thanks to a man that, that, that passed away 50 years ago. It's amazing and that his legacy has not only his legacy has gone on, but, but, but on a business level, it's astronomical. We just acquired Star Wars. We own oh, Marvel. Yeah just doesn't stop and it's just to now me it's great because 
<laughs> Pinky? He's going after space. Hey, what are we going to do now, Brain? We're going to take over the world, Pinky. Let's try to get him into outer space. <laughs> yeah. Into space. That's what we need is a Disney world. We're all yeah, we'll have, Disney, we'll, have the, we'll have the orbiting Disney world. Orbiting Disney world, yeah. Here's your head. Here's your Mickey ears. If you're found without them, we're going to shock you in your in your testes. Okay, that's the way long ago. <laughs> Here's your galactic Mickey ears. How about some? How about how about this, Mac? Over the years, I, I being the Disney fan that I am, I have collected snippets and tidbits and audio clips of things that you may have never heard before. Now, so one of the things I, one of the things I wanted to share with your listeners was something you brought up earlier, and that is um, when Phantom Manor was created for Paro, uh, for Euro Disney in Paris. Um, originally, they had brought Vincent Price in to be the, the the voice of the ghost host, just as Paul Fries, the great Paul Fries, was the voice of our ghost host here in Disneyland. You know, a lot of people haven't don't know this, but Paul Fries. Uh, uh, Actually, actually, I have some clips, if you'd like to hear a few minutes of it, of Paul Freeze developing the ghost host voice. And they're telling him what they want to do and how they want it to sound. And if you'd like to hear a minute of that, I can play that for you. I would like to hear as many minutes as you have, Brett. Well, you let's do this. Is is when you feel like this has run too long, or I feel like it's run its course, and we're going to move on. I'm going to stop it. In the meantime, enjoy Paul Freeze taking his cues from the Disney art directors for the voice of the ghost host. This is all uh, probably around 1967. All right, it's all yours, Brett. Well, then let's do this. Yeah. Let me do it very breathy like that. All right. When hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, 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 foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. Uh, actually, remember also a line on this thing was, welcome, welcome in, welcome in. Welcome, welcome, well, come in. Kindly step all the way in, please. So there's a sample of, of Paul Freeze's voiceover that he was developing the actual voice of the ghost host because you got to understand is that voiceover people are taking their cues. You know, they want to know what the producer wants them to do. And it's interesting to hear Paul Freeze asking questions like, what do you want, you know? I mean, that is awesome. And, and the, I've never heard that before. And I am a big doom buggy guy. I mean, I, I am... I, I I listened to that, and then you also we talked about you and I a little bit earlier about the Disneyland haunted uh, house record that you know a lot of us old timers grew up listening to, and uh, there was a lot of those kind of different things that the cat. You know, we all had this Halloween when we were little kids, 1970, remember? And this was the one that played at every door you knocked on, you know? What you got to understand, a lot of this chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house was the name of the album. And, and, and they took this stuff, these ghost screams you hear from several sources that were already recorded. One of them was a cartoon by Mickey Mouse called Lonesome Ghosts. And they took this. From Lonesome Ghost. Also, they took a lot from Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Um, there's the part where the Banshee has got this very, very creepy kind of um, female ghost sound going, and that was taken from Darby O'Gill and the Little People. So a lot of this stuff was taken from production work they'd already done and put onto an album that you and I sat cross-legged for hours on end and listened to. 
over and over, over again. Over and over again. Absolutely. I mean, I I can almost verbatim say, you know, all the screams and, you know, you're going up to this house and you're, you know, and you've never seen again. You know, I mean, the whole that they give you a whole premise. They they walk you through a whole scenario that is amazing. Um, it was, uh, you know, right up there with the uh, Headless Horseman. I mean, a lot of the things that Disney did for records back in the day uh, also helped mold the uh, crazy person that I am today. You know, I mean, and you were. Oh, I grew up with all those. You remember the little golden books too? And some of the records we had were came with little booklets that that, that you could flip through. Yeah. You know, those were great, too. Well, would you like to hear a clip of, of Vincent Price as the ghost host? Yes. Okay, well, this was a clip that they had hired Vincent Price before he passed away, and I, it's a shame they didn't keep it because it's fantastic. Um, and I'm going to play this for you now. And this is Vincent Price in Phantom Manor at Euro Disney. Uh, and if you go to Phantom Manor, you will not hear this. <laughs> this is something exclusively for your listeners. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Your candlelight flicker though the air is death and still. This Welcome, curious friends. You may not believe it, but beauty once lived in this house. Beauty lives in still. Come, I have more beauty to show you. Our tour begins here, in this gallery, where you gaze upon the sweet innocence of youth. Ah, but things are not always as they seem. Can it be this room is actually stretching? And notice this. This chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> so what do you think, Mac? <laughs> oh, my God. Give me a napkin. I need to clean myself off. I mean, I, oh my goodness. Jesus, kid, clean yourself up. My God. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. It's amazeballs. I mean, I'm telling you, that is something that me as a Haunted Mansion geek has, ju- I mean, I, um, I, I have no words. All right? Yeah. That's the thing yeah. there that the listeners know. How often does that happen? I have no words. Yeah, that was excellent. I mean, amaze balls, amaze balls. Kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Brett's chin. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the cartoon. I looked at the cartoon, I thought, Jesus, has Jack ever seen me? I don't have balls for a chin. Hey, Brett, this has been just a wonderful show. We have enjoyed having you on as a guest. And we are going to have you on again if you would, you know, if you would give us permission to have you. I mean, you have next, been... month with, next month with the Vegas Vampire. How's that sound? Of course, that. And I want to thank Paul for being part of this. Yeah. Uh, I really do appreciate that he was, you know, he was here for us. I'd like to have another show sometime where we can have more. We had a couple guests call in. We didn't have time to take them. Uh, the calls. I do apologize, uh, but. We will have another show. You will see and hear. Well, maybe not see. But you will hear. Yeah, Yeah, well, it was a lot of fun. You know, we we, we had a great time with you tonight, Mac. 
Well, you know, we had a little bit of a rough start, but, you know, we got through it thanks to my wife, uh, Christy. Thank you, Christy. You're welcome. Hi, Christy. And Thank we, you. We are she going came to play through, our, like she always comes through. Hey, Brett, tell me where yeah. you heard this from. This is our exit song. You ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. We're out of here. John, yeah. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. So I want to thank Brett. It was a great show. Uh, We're going to have him back on. We're going to have the Vegas Vampire. And uh, I want to thank everyone that's tuned in. I want to apologize that we had some issues at the beginning, but, you know, the ghost of Walt Disney was a little... You know, a little worried about what we're going to be talking about, but he didn't need to worry about it because we were always respectful and very much happy that he was around for us. He created this. Brett, I want to thank you very much. I'm going to give you a call here in just a minute. We'll talk it over. Super. I'm looking forward to uh, to to talking with you again. Thank you, I want to thank you a lot for, for the fun night I had tonight, Mac. Well, I want to appreciate you, and I want to appreciate your friends. And, Paul, again, thank you for being a part of the show. And, guys, we are out of here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.